Hey, what's going on, Clipper comrades? It's me, William, the Opinion Update. <laughs> I'm positive Chuck Lockler. And we're a couple of best friends and uh, credentialed media people who bring you Clippers news five days a week. Hell yeah. Uh, we are Locked on Clippers, part of the Locked on NBA Network. Be sure to check out the whole network to get, you know, just all the NBA scoop you need. Bunch of good stuff right now. But in Clippers news, uh, there was more media availability today. Uh, today it was with Serge Ibaka as well as Marcus Morris. So we're going to be breaking that down. Some good stuff there. And then in segment two, we're going to be talking way too early lineup talk. Yeah, kind of hype. There's a lot of fun things that could happen with having seen no action on the court. Our minds can be as open as possible. <laughs> Absolutely. There's some interesting wrinkles this year, so we're going to talk about that. And then it's Friday. Every single Friday, we bring you Love, Mary Quarantine. Oh, yeah. Which is where we rank something arbitrarily related to the Clippers. Uh, so all that, <laughs> all that and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, so this was a this was a little more eventful media day uh, than the one with Lawrence Frank and Ty Lue. Oh yeah, this a little was, more colorful. Uh, a little more colorful. This was Serge and Mook. I mean, Marcus Morris had a bunch of great quotes, but let's start with Serge, who kind of was pretty candid about like, I mean, a the recruitment from Kawhi himself and being kind of bummed with how the Raptors like didn't really pitch him. Yeah, so let's start there. Like. Um, he said he never had sort of any idea that he would be leaving Toronto. Yeah. Uh, he basically said it was kind of came down to a last minute decision. Uh, he was asked to meet with the team and he was like, oh, like he wasn't sure what they were going to meet about. Oh, like a fun hang? <laughs> yeah, because he was kind of like, I mean, they don't necessarily have to pitch me, you know? Yeah, I'm here. He planned on coming back. Uh, but I guess they talked about his situation and he wasn't kind of, he wasn't really pleased, uh, with the new role. Smaller role is what it seems like. Yes, for <laughs> sure. Uh, and I guess he felt, he didn't say slighted, but he, it seemed like he didn't feel great about what his role would entail after having one of the best seasons of his career. Which I think is totally fair. Absolutely. Um, like he kind of did, you know, it's kind of the Jamichael situation. Obviously it's different money wise. We couldn't offer him as much as we really wanted to because of the hard cap. Shout out Lucas Hahn. Um, but yeah, you know, he said he liked playing with Fred, uh, and Kai. It's like he was, he speaks fondly of Toronto. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, the Kawhi recruitment's very funny. <laughs> yeah. So essentially it was a hundred percent what you would imagine from Kawhi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically at the beginning of free agency, Kawhi simply texted Serge, Hey, what's up? <laughs> Serge said he was on vacation at the time. Of course. He was, he was just like, oh, I'm on vacation. I don't believe Kawhi said anything else. <laughs> it was, he was like, Kawhi's like, okay, I guess we'll talk later or whatever. It's like when you send your friend a text message and they respond and they're not mad at you, but you think they're mad at you. And yes. so you're like, okay, whatever, dude, you're on vacation. <laughs> uh, and then later in free agency, Kawhi once again texted Serge, Bro, are you coming or no? <laughs> and I love this. End of recruitment from Kawhi's end. <laughs> and Serge was in, dude. Oh, he was super in. Uh, he he talked a little bit about their relationship. He said, you know, what works between them is they just understand each other. Yeah. Uh, he, he pointed out, you know, what we've all heard before, but, like, you kind of have to know Kawhi to really understand him. And he did say that he was a significant factor in him wanting to join the Clippers, which, of course, man, you guys get along. And this helps. I think this is going to help, too, because, like, Kawhi's leadership's been talked about, or lack thereof, a little bit. And the last two teams he's won a championship on, there's been way bigger kind of quote-unquote leaders on those teams, right? Like with the Spurs and with the Raptors and stuff Absolutely. like that. Um, you had Lowry, you had 
the many players for the Spurs. <laughs> like, yeah, did their thing. You still had Duncan there. Yeah, so this helps Kawhi, I think, maybe not necessarily with becoming a better leader, but the comfortability is more. And it's a productive comfortability because it's Serge Ibaka and not, you know, we brought in, like, Reggie Jackson, Patrick Patterson when that happened. A lot of that has to do with Paul George, right? Like, yeah. Reggie Jackson, him. Like, this is a nice comfort piece for the team that also raises the floor in the playoffs. Oh, 100%. Yeah, he feels a need. Uh, we talked a little bit about the front office's kind of view on the offseason, and especially Serge Ibaka and Luke Kennard, so check that out. But, yeah, basically <clears throat> the intention the whole time was they wanted a rangy five who was a rim deterrent. Yeah. That's exactly what Serge <laughs> brings. He talked a little bit about his role in the locker room, too, because um, he is, like, a pretty esteemed teammate, it seems like. It has people, to be, dude. People respect him. He said, basically, I'm just myself. I try to be me on and off the court. Yeah, but we've he seen the scarves. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> seen the scarves. Uh, he just said that he's a natural communicator, though. Like, he he really enjoys talking with teammates and trying to set an example and, and kind of teach for the younger players. Well, like him and OG Ananobi in that great clip from last season. Like, yeah. he's great with older vets. He's great with young dudes. Like, him and Fee, it's going to be fun. Because Lawrence Frank talked about that, too, how Fee can learn a lot from Serge. Um, which is going to be exciting to see. I'm not sure how much it'll really come into play this season, but could be valuable down the road. Yeah, I just feel like he could probably get along with almost anyone, too. He's Him like, and Pat Bev are probably going to have some good content. He's like one of the most worldly I mean, human dudes. beings. <laughs> like, yeah. He speaks at least three different languages fluently. Yeah. Uh, Damn. Wear scarves, you know, yeah. that's a point. You keep bring, you keep coming back to the scarves. He's iconic with the scarves. He's got that giant scarf. He is Papa Scarf. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that in Los Angeles. Didn't get a question about that, but we'll find out. I've seen it before. I've oh, seen scarves absolutely. and t-shirts Sir- and beanies <laughs> yeah. and shorts. Serge has it figured out. Um, Marcus Morris was uh, also spoke. Much different vibe, I would say, in a good way. Marcus Morris was kind of all business. He also complimented Farbod's name, which is really funny. <laughs> really, really funny, yeah. It, there was a long pause in between these two, uh, and the, they kept sending like to the media chat, like, oh, Marcus will be up in a little bit. Marcus will be here in 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> it, it was nearly an hour, yeah. I, I think. <laughs> I had enough time to like brew a pot of coffee, clean the stove, uh, you know, you cook, get, cook some food. They're letting you get some stuff done in between. Um he kind of echoed what PG said from the Pops or uh, All That Smoke, um, All The Smoke podcast, excuse me, not Pop Smoke, RIP. Um, basically said we didn't, you know, break down what they needed to fix. Yeah. All these things come back to not making any adjustments, which is the through line of last year's Clippers. A hundred percent. Every single loss. A hundred percent. And like, I don't know. I, I know that Paul George is deserving of some criticism for not taking on some of the you know, like some of the burden uh, of of the loss, you yeah, know, for sure. But it's just such a through line from all the players that it's a little bit unavoidable, you mm-hmm. know. Um, that and it's obvious to the fans, you know, we all knew kind of what was going on there. But yeah, he said that there was never any like specific details on adjustments that could be made. They were just relying solely on talent, um, and you know. He talked about being that like way more motivated this season, uh, yeah. just across the board, and it wasn't about losing per se, but how they lost. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah, I loved how candid he like. This was a pretty open and honest 
um, pressure in the best way possible. Morris is Morris, man. Like he doesn't, he, he doesn't really have a filter. He doesn't really politic at all. Uh, you know, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. <laughs> yeah, very much. So. Uh, but you know, he he just kind of circled back to the thing that he just he really didn't think that Denver had more talent than them. <laughs> just such. A, um, I mean, I love this. I love this. This is where I was talking about how this is going to be the new playoff rivalry for the Clips. Like this is it. Yeah, I mean, he's not incorrect. He's not incorrect, but you know, I mean, optics wise, you know what I mean. If you're the Nuggets, because like, what did Jokic say today? Or yesterday when you're listening to this, he was like, everyone talks about how they blew the lead. All this, he's like, we won. We won. Yeah, like. Definitely. I like that it's adding fuel to that fire in a legitimate competitive way. Yeah, yeah. He seems really excited for the Ty Lue, uh hire. They had a relationship prior to, uh, obviously, him being on the Clippers. So what he likes the most about Ty is that he's really open to ideas and communication. Yeah. Uh, he also said that Ty has no ego. He's played <laughs> with great players and coached with great players, so he's willing to like hear things out and, and try to change things. Uh he was told, we've, we've gotten a little bit of wind, that Morris <laughs> will be used more uh, in the offense and certainly in a more methodical way. Yeah. Morris said basically last year he was kind of relegated to a get-in-where-you-fit-in role. And he did great in that role. I, I was like... And the highs were great. I was very surprised at how well uh, he was able to integrate himself and quickly pivot away from the style of basketball yeah. he had been playing Hard to all season <laughs> leading up to that point. So, I mean, take away what you will. I mean, do you worry about Morris maybe having a, a larger offensive role. I think if it's thoughtful, uh, it makes sense. If it's give Morris the ball and have him create. <laughs> Which is what it would have been under Doc. So that's like what I'm trying to wrap my head around, right? Like this is under Ty Lue, so it's not going to be the like, you, you know, go for it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a legitimate system, hopefully. Uh, he was said that like the return for him to the Clippers was a super easy decision. Yeah, he really appreciate appreciates this franchise, which you love to hear. He said that he thinks that Larry Frank is the best GM he's ever played for. Boty right there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he likes that he talks to players like grown men, which I'm surprised that. I'm surprised that that has to be something that you wait for. That you're surprised and like like the year after playing with Doc. Yeah, that's absurd to me. That's kind of insane. I agree with that. Uh, <laughs> and he said that he really appreciates the level of respect from the front office and Bomber. They really like Bomber he, and Morris having a conversation is the funniest thing in the world. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, I what does he, he call him? Oh, Morris calls him. Morris probably calls him balls. Ball. And he's like the only one who can call him balls. And he's like, with a Z, and they have like a handshake or something. Or like, hey, cue ball. Yeah, oh yeah, something <laughs> like that. That's a good time. Um, yeah, and you know, he was kind of, he was chill about Trez and Jamaica. He was like, they made their decisions. You know, yeah, he like, said he was happy for him, uh, but he also added that he was excited to beat their ass and really excited to compete against them. Which yeah, great presser from Mook. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is what you expect from Marcus Morris. This is the kind of guy he is. Um, he's the kind of guy, and I've, I guess I've said this about Pat too, but the kind of guy that you love to have on your team, but you know, twenty nine other teams absolutely hate him. Hundred percent. He's great. Now we have a couple of those guys, which is awesome. Yes, this was a great way to kind of cap off the media week too. Like this got me real psyched. Yes, for sure. Um, hope everyone had a good time. Kind of. Re- it's not capped off though. There's still media oh, availability tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, God damn, I'm crazy, man. I, I literally thought tomorrow was Saturday. We're recording <laughs> this on a Thursday. Um, coming up, we're gonna be talking way too early a lineup talk. Uh, and if we are a quote unquote big team now. Okay, so we're back, and it's time to talk lineups way too early. Way too early. Um, what are we excited about? Like I said in the beginning, you know, we have a blank slate for what this team's going to look like for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of guys have said they're excited about the pace. 
mm-hmm. um, which I think I'm most excited to see this team kind of playing at a faster speed in general than we saw last year. Definitely. Definitely. Um, you have to think there's going to be a better transition offense. Yeah. Because it was, you know, Reggie Jackson's bad in transition. We don't really know what his role is going to be. But, like, everyone else seems pretty competent in it. Yeah, I wonder if Ty will go back to utilizing Reggie off ball more. Um, It seemed like where he was most effective. But uh, who knows? Lineup-wise, what am I most excited about? Um, And this is is definitely recency bias and having not seen any of it on the court. Exactly. That's what's so great about this. But I'm pretty excited for some larger lineups where maybe you run out some combination of, like, Luke Kennard, choose one of Kawhi or PG, Mook, Surge, and Zoo. Dude, it'd be the biggest lineup in the world. And then, I mean, basically everyone can cover for Luke Kennard. It's like not, yeah. it's not really a problem. You're not, a, like, you're not fast, really, like as an offense. Like, with that, that lineup? I don't think you're like, you're not like burning people in transition with that lineup. You could. Maybe, dude. Zoo's pretty slow. Surge so you got Surge. <laughs> dude, I don't think Surge is this big. What do you think they call him Surge? I don't think that's true. <laughs> um, but no, that's going to be like, that's going to be huge. Yeah, Kawhi, Surge, Zoo at the 3 4 5 is going to be nice too. Like, the options for like Kawhi, PG um, to play with, like with the four and the five options are great. So when we have to stagger, it almost makes staggering a little easier. Yeah. Like having Surge makes staggering easier. Definitely. For sure. Definitely. Um, <laughs> or if we go all forwards. You know? you know, that was brought up on Clippers Twitter. That would be pretty amazing. Because um, we have Zoo, who's a real seven-footer. Yep. Now, this is the question. Are we an official big team now? We got Zoo, who's a seven-footer. We have Serge Ibaka, who's listed at seven feet, but everyone kind of just says a 6'10". Well, it's like Gasol's taller than he is. It's weird, because I, I feel like we're not, we're not a big team in the way that... Uh, the Nuggets can be a big time, big team at times. Although they lost some height this off season, yeah. um, I think that we're a weird medium team just due to how many wings we have. That's a good call. Like you know, Paul George, Kawhi, and Mook are all wings. Like yeah, Paul George is not kind of really even a shooting guard. Yeah. Kawhi does look bigger, though. Kawhi is even bigger. <laughs> yeah. Kawhi, Kawhi looks bigger right now. It's a husky medium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you're right. So, like, that lineup is kind of the same. And then, like, Surge and Zoo, there's, you know, two inches of difference there. Yeah. Like, I, it's kind of, yeah, it's across the board, like, extra medium. Yeah. you got Pat Pat, who's the, I mean, backup. Four. Four at this point. <laughs> like, um, or wherever he's going to be. But, like, yeah, it's a nice, it's a... It's a sturdy team. Definitely. Um, which I'm excited to see. Dominic Coles said this on Twitter today, and this has kind of been getting some groundswell among uh, Clipper uh, comrades, uh, which is advocating starting Kennard instead of Patrick Beverly. So I was kind of against this at first, but I think I might be coming around. So it's interesting. Uh, I think, you know, there's a lot of ways to go with it. Um I love the idea of Pat in the back in the backcourt on that second unit because he's the only solid defender yeah. at the guard that we have on that unit for sure. Um, and like I said about that earlier lineup, I was excited about you know if you have four other dudes out there like the dudes that we can throw out, you yeah. can make up for you know a Luke Kennard. I I, I just am still. I'm open to the idea. I'm just struggling with it a little bit because it's like we've talked about before. 
Um, you know, continuity was already an issue. Yeah, so that's the thing. They're like, continuity is an issue, but... And this is an extreme off-season logic path I'm about to take here. Okay. Um, so there was no actual system last year, right? By many accounts. And there was no adjustments, so it's not like... By all accounts. By all accounts, there's no adjustments. There were only 11 games with a healthy starting lineup. That's it. Um, so how much familiarity are you losing when you're getting a brand new head coach and a whole new system? Yeah. Like if it like comfortability playing with other guys, that's something you can't quantify. Obviously, you know, like Serge and Kawhi are going to be more comfortable as a duo than anyone else and with Serge, right? Like just because they know each other. So there's that factor, but in terms of like a pure kind of just like system factor, I don't know how much you're really losing. Hmm. Like yeah. I said, it's an extreme off-season <laughs> logic. No, no, I, I like that. I, I think you make a great point. If they, Yeah, a fully healthy only 11 games last season, there isn't really that much of a difference. I think the thing that I'm conflicted about, and, you know, you could fl- the thing is, is you could flip a coin health-wise for either one of these guys. Oh, yeah, I don't... Which is, uh, like, really, really <laughs> difficult um, because... You know, I I'm looking at like Reggie, yeah, <laughs> or Lou. I, I think that I, I think that any way this season ends up pan, panning out, like forget about the COVID stuff because there's no way to quantify that. I thought you were gonna go away a different way when you said because after the COVID stuff. <laughs> there, um, there's gonna be sections of time that either Pat or Kennard is missing. So yeah. Uh, By design or just cause. Yeah. So I just don't know which one is gonna give you the ability to have the most familiarity with the starting lineup. And I think that's a good call. I think whatever Ty Lu thinks in his, you know, heart of hearts is going to have the most consistency is what he should go with. And whether yeah. that's Pat Bev or Kennard, uh, I, I think whatever's going to have the most consistency is going to be the most successful option. Yeah, there's going to be so many adjustments. Like it's it's going to be interesting to see. And I'm still kind of on the fence cuz like Bev's got the contract, like but we don't we don't know like if if he actually was kind of unhappy with like how things went last year, maybe relegating him to the bench isn't the best way to kind of <laughs> combat those feelings the next year, right? Like, I don't know, man. If if he's as vocal as not, about like oh, not, if the, oh, we haven't even talked about that. What if the chemistry things just keep happening and it's just like from guy? Like, I know you said like they need to be traded out. Like, I think that's a bullet that we've surely dodged, and I think Serge Ibaka has a big thing to do with that. Yes, and I mean, like, it's just a whole new thing, right? New coach, yeah. Uh, new, uh, most likely, new system. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, re like defined roles because yeah. I think that actual that, roles. I think that that's you know that's such a big issue, um, and we've talked about the conflict of like the old guard versus the new guard. But if you understand exactly what's being expected of you, and you understand exactly what's to be expected of your teammates, yeah, I feel like that's got to alleviate some of that friction, right? Like regardless, it has to. and he's a and Serge is a good locker room guy as well so you're bringing a guy who's like a known locker room good guy so you have this refreshed feeling you have this locker room that's minus maybe some you know ingredients that weren't as working so well with the others and and Michael, which was working great okay we don't gotta talk about every episode um so and where do we see the bench ranking and scoring this year because 
we've been pretty spoiled the last two seasons with, well, a lot of seasons with the Clippers bench. Um, you know, a couple of six-man award winners there, like, you know, making leads insurmountable in the regular season and stuff like that. Like, where are we seeing the bench? Are we going to be a top 10 bench in scoring? Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think we're top five? Absolutely. Ooh, top five would be nice. I think this bench... Because we've talked about how sometimes it'd be nice to not have to rely on the bench to be the highest scoring bench. Yeah. I mean, overall, if you look at the, like, <laughs> the additions and subtractions from this bench, I think it'd be difficult to say that it got worse. That's fair. Uh, you know, you we... I don't know. Like, you have a more... You have a more competent wing player in... Um, Batum, obviously, then, you know, some of the three guard things or having Magruder out there. Um, so I, I, I think there's some interesting improvements. I do think that one of the caveats to winning will be how Pat Patterson is able to improve or, at you know, at least be average on defense. Yes. Um, <laughs> but as far as scoring goes, I mean, the weapons are there to me. Do you disagree? So this is kind of where the blank slate comes into play. I have no idea. I think for scoring, they are. Um, and thinking about the pick and roll, I mean, if if you know Serge and Lou can get a, some sort of chemistry going, who? I mean, the get op- out of here. The Stop. options are absurd. Yeah. Oh, if Serge, yeah, if Serge and Lou can get something going, that's going to be nice. That's like he. I mean, he's just such a versatile player. Yeah. You got Luke Kennard hounding around out there. All right, I'm back on board. I don't know what I was doing. Um, I think we'll be top five. I think absolutely. I hope it only has to be fifth, if that makes sense. What do you mean? Like, I hope we don't have to have the number one scoring bench. Oh, I see. Yes, good, yeah. To have a good season. That's you know a good. I mean? that, that's a good caveat because like, there were times last season where we did have to rely a little too heavily, um, and certainly, you know, when there's planned rest uh, for some players, you know, it it definitely makes you over rely on it, which I think can build bad habits. Leading into the playoffs. Bad process, as LA Clippers film would say. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking uh, weed testing uh, in the NBA, as well as the trade deadline, uh, Ty Lu getting dragged for absolutely no reason. But first, Will, talk to me about these Lockdown NBA season previews. What are these about? Well, the wait is almost over, right? We know the season's about to begin. Heck yeah. And thankfully, Lockdown NBA will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning on December 14th. You can get previews of every team, division by division, from all 30 Locked On local experts, including us, which, you know. Yeah, yeah we that's, count, that's I guess. Pretty good stuff. Uh, plus, you can get waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get podcasts. Yes, please do. All right, welcome to Shavings. Hey, it's Shane. Uh, so per Shams, um, the trade deadline was kind of released today. March 25th for its 2020-2021 uh, season trade deadline. All-Star break is scheduled for the March 5th through the 10th. This is a late trade, day, trade deadline, right? Like, it's usually not this far after the All-Star break. <laughs> like, DeMarcus Cousins found out at an All-Star event he was getting traded. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't know what to make of the scheduling so far this season. Yeah, fair. Um, the fact that they're trying to... have seen a good part of it right. so far. Yeah, the fact that they're trying to compress... We so know many, when two games are. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the fact that they're going to try to compress so many games into like kind of a short amount of time after a short break. I don't know. It in TBD. It remains to be seen. But I do think an interesting thing about making it uh, so much later is you get to have an all-star game that like... I guess matters more for teams. I don't know. Man, what is the All-Star game going to be like this year with, you know, who knows what's going to happen with COVID stuff, but, like, what a weird vibe that's going to be. Yeah. It's usually a real fun time. Um, The NBA won't be testing for marijuana this season, cannabis, whatever you'd like to call it, uh, just like they did in the bubble. They also never, like, it's not like they were really going for it before either. Yeah. Which I'm pro, obviously, if you listen to this podcast. Um, what did they call it in the official release? Laffy, wacky tobacco. Laffy grass? Yeah, they said uh, we'll no longer be testing for Satan's lettuce. <laughs> um, I mean, this is good. Also, it's I, I'm obviously pro this, but I do have to ask the question, why? <laughs> what like, do you mean? Like, why now and not just do that? Like, it's just funny. Like, we're going to treat it like the bubble when it's the complete opposite of the bubble. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I I don't know. In my opinion, better late than never. The I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the testing has been incredibly lax. It's pretty hard to get busted. So like, for everything I know, like everyone kind of knows you're gonna get tested. Like especially like rookies. Yeah. Like because I can't remember. Because that's who it seems like gets kind of popped the most. Well, the only time you get popped is at like rookie camp when they test you, but you have the date for that. Yes. So if you buy, you know, um, gotta get that nice. Gotta get that nice. You know, get those sweats going, dude. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, they shouldn't. Te- no professional league anywhere should test for weed, or, yeah. or steroids. That's a different. Discussion. Hot take. Hot take. Ster- make steroids legal. Um, well, we haven't actually ever really talked about how steroids probably are just being used in the NBA, and they just don't care about it. Yeah, for sure. Why and it's also, they? it's also like I don't understand enough about the practice of steroids because so much of it is like legitimately for recovery. <laughs> yeah, you know? Leo Messi took uh, HGH when he was a little boy. Well, um, I mean that's like a developmental thing. That's com- completely for sure. Different. But that's what I mean. Like HGH, you know, helps him out because that's one of the knocks. Like r- big dickheads will be like, I-, I guess you like Leo Messi if he took HGH as a boy, and you're like, yeah, he was a small boy. <laughs> like, he needed it. Um, we got to talk about this Ty Lue slander. What's the slander? Okay, so Ty Lue, during media day, they asked about the Landry Shamit Luke Kennard trade. And Ty Lue was like, well, you know, when we traded for... Oh, and yeah, then the, the stream broke the up. The stream broke up. It literally broke up. We were on the stream. Everyone saw it. Um, and he was like, wait, what? Like, and he was just kind of looking around, confused, as you would at a adequately produced media day for an NBA team. <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> Very shots fired. Um, but Ty Lue has the best confused faces. I just oh, want to throw yeah. that out there, He also too. had a ring fall out of his mouth, which I, <laughs> I'm going to mention at every possible opportunity. But people are like, some stupid aggregate account on Twitter, Legion Hoops, whatever it was, was like, wow, can you believe Ty Lue forgot that the Clippers traded for Luke Kennard? And it's like, no! In what world would this ever happen? And it's so disingenuous. Oh, absolutely. It's not yeah. even spin. It's just like pure just wrong. Yeah. Which upsets me. And then clutch, the Clippers Clutch Points made a thing about it with one of their worst graphics. You're heated about this. I'm absolutely livid about this. <laughs> um, they just had an emoji in the graphic with a graphic of Tyler and Luke Kennard. It wasn't even a funny like... Insane Yeah, what would it even be? Like he's got, I don't know... He's like a really old man who can't remember. Like, 
This just <laughs> they photoshopped Albert <laughs> Einstein's hair on him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This was just lame as hell. This I would put. This is the first thing that I'm gonna put on my lame as hell board for the Clippers season. Yeah, that's fair. I mean. <laughs> Man, the news cycle has not been so friendly. I'm just happy it didn't happen when the athletic article came out. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That definitely. would have been a nightmare. Um, all right, let's let's get to the Slumberry Quarantine. This is an Updike special. All right, so uh, we're we're gonna love Mary Quarantine, which some, we do every Friday. We do every single Friday. Yeah. Basically, we rank something arbitrarily related to the Clippers. It's always related to the Clippers, but arbitrarily. Yeah, for the most part. Mostly. <laughs> uh, all right, so this one, we're talking about out-of-the-box ideas for the Clippers media team to promote Serge Ibaka. Love this. If you follow the Clippers, you know they got a great media team. You know they're great oh, at getting, yeah. getting the content out, getting everybody hyped Elite. up. But we're wondering, what are, what are some out-of-the-box ideas that they could do to really hype Serge up? What do we got on the board, sir? Okay, we have the Serge Stag Zoom film party. Okay. A lot of moving parts in this one. All right. It's kind of a weird singles mixer over Zoom where oh. you're watching a movie okay. or Netflix party, if you will. Serge is the host. So Serge is like, hey, how are we doing over there? You know, good time haver underscore three, two, one. Um, everyone who signs up also gets a case of Serge, the soda. 24? How yeah. much is in a case? Well, it's, you know, part of it's like, you know, a gift for doing the thing. You don't have to drink. All in the one night. Okay. You know what I mean? And it's also in Clippers Surge cans. <laughs> um, sent to their homes, but they have to drink it during the hang. Okay. But it can be Not used, all 24. Though. But it can be used as a mixer. <laughs> See, Surge, probably an excellent mix, mixer. Well, Mountain Dew, fun fact, was actually made to be a chaser for whiskey. Not a mixer, a chaser. Great anecdote. There you go. Um, the other one, Surge's Burge. This is a bit of a fun wordplay one. Uh, Surge and the Clippers host a community event helping clean up a barge in Redondo Beach, and the barge will officially be renamed Surge's Burge. Man, calling a barge a burge is... I, <laughs> I, I already love it. And then the last one uh, is Surge's Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, where it's just Surge who has a Beatles cover band, and he selects three fans each week to make a, I don't know, music video? <laughs> all right, all right, all oh, right. And Another one. Burden with Surge. Burden with Surge. You're just bird watching with Serge Ibaka. I could see him being into Burden. And the yeah. fit, I feel like, would be impeccable. Oh, birds would come up and be like, this is a good fit. Like, I think it'd definitely be on point. So which one of these are you loving Marion and Quarantine? Uh, all right. Well, I am just, I'm, I gotta love Serge's Burge. Uh, that's a fun, that's, I'm gonna be honest. Serge's Burge might be on Landry Shaman's Laundry Jammit. Territory. <laughs> I, I like I said earlier. I love a barge being called a bird. <laughs> it's it's so dumb. Uh, it's so dumb. Uh, I have to. Hmm. Okay. Let's see. Uh, I'm gonna marry Burden with Search. That's a good one. I, I, it's I'm, a fun time. I'm lifelong committed. You're to learning. That. You know, it's productive. Like I'm, I'm also. I'm interested in the phenomena of Burden. Yeah, I watched that weird movie, The Year, which is kind the of longest year. My partner loves that movie. It's kind of boring. It's it's a it's, it's a dry, about bird watching. It's a very dry comedy. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Burden with Surge seems fine. Which one are you quarantining? Uh man. As much as I like the premise in theory, I got to quarantine. Uh, Sur Surge's Peppers, Lonely Hearts Club <sighs> Band. I'm just not a big Beatles guy. 
Okay, well... I'm not a big Beatles guy. That's, I mean, that's fair. It's a perfectly okay band. <laughs> um, I'm going to... I'm loving Serge's Stag Zoom film party. Okay. Because A, it's quarantine safe, which I love. Yes. Um, B, I think Serge would be the best person to host a Zoom party hang. Patrick Patterson does this. So is this like a key party or... No, you can't. I mean, you can't do a key party over Zoom. Trust me. <laughs> um, what if it's just video stuff? I mean, maybe I guess, but we don't look. This is a clip. This is a team sponsored event. Okay, all right. So all right, all right. you know, um, it's not like Demon Hours Search. Okay, um, if you're familiar with, or uh, yeah, Demon Time. Excuse me. Um, I'm gonna marry Serge's Birch. Yeah, that's, that's a fun time. Helps you know helps out the community of Redondo Beach. People out there helping out Serge. Um, I think after quarant, I gotta quarantine the band too. I okay, so logistically I, it just seems too difficult. Love the pun though. Love Pat myself on the back for that one. <laughs> love the pun. Uh, if it was a different band, I would consider it. I would love to see Surge in a cover band though. Yeah, it'd be a good time. Yeah, like uh, what if he was in a Leonard Skinner cover band? Yeah, I don't know. Surge Home Alabama. Oh, that could be a thing. Um, I, I, Maybe step away from Leonard Skinner in this. Yeah. That's a, you know what? Yeah. That's a good call. Um, that about wraps it up, right? Yeah, that'll do it. Well, Monday's episode, we're going to have hopefully some news from the first contact practices. That's right. It's starting on Sunday. Starting on Sunday. The Freshies. Of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland. You can tell your family to listen to us on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. Heck yeah. You can tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers, which is a, you know, that's a fun trick. Smart speaker will do it too. <laughs> uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe. It really helps us out. If you enjoy the podcast, what we're doing over here, leave a rating and review. We'll definitely leave it on, we'll definitely read it on air. Absolutely. Um, Charles I, tweeted a really good one the other yeah, day. Yeah, guy called us my, it was really a mean five-star review, but we'll take it. Scott from your Belinda. Um, I have been positive Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you.